Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the zone sports network. Murray works the left side, will take a step back jumper and hit nine of their first eleven. On fire. Wow. On high right side is Nicole Jokic against Gobert. He starts backing down. Spin move. Beat him badly. Reverse side layup is up and in. 22 points for Nikola Jokic in the first quarter. Jamal one-on-one with favors to take a three. Yeah! 11 of 12 from downtown are the Denver Nuggets against the hottest three-point shooting team in the NBA. I mean, I think we're watching history tonight. I, I, I'm not sure a team has ever made 14 threes with only two misses and a half either. No team had ever made eight without eight misses. Jokic has it on the elbow. He starts backing down his man, gets down to the low block, spins baseline, leans in, layup is up and in. And there it is, Nikola Jokic ties his career high with 47 points. The Nuggets with a historic shooting performance, eight of eight in the first quarter, 15 of 17 in the second quarter, and they're 18 of 28 shooting. I'll have to check. Might be the best shooting performance of any team this year, 64%. And the answer to that is yes, that is the best three-point shooting performance of any team with 18 makes this year. All right, Gordon, the streak comes to an end at 11. They lose yesterday to the Nuggets, 128 to 117. You, uh, it seems like you've got the, the take machine loaded and ready to roll. Uh, why don't you uh, continue your thought? Well, it would be nice to give the Nuggets credit, and you do have to give them some credit, I think. Uh, but the Jazz defense was horrible early on in that game. They were, I mean, I, I look, I, I've been praising the Jazz when they deserve praise. I They just, that was about as loose a defense as you can play. How many open shots did you see? in that first half. And, of course, the Nuggets took advantage of it. They got in a rhythm, and they were making ridiculous amounts of threes, and I I understand all that. Nikola Jokic was making Rudy Gobert look like his feet were uh, absolutely nailed to the court. And uh, it was was bad. It was a bad showing by the Jazz. Now, they they showed a little something in the second half. I think they cut it down to, what was it, Jake? Eight. eight. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looked like they were going to give themselves a chance. But um, and they they uh, did not take advantage of that, ultimately. And uh, I, so, I mean, I knew this. We all knew this was going to happen at some point, right? The Jazz were going to get uh, not only beat, but they were going to get beat pretty bad. Uh, just because that's life in the NBA. It's going to happen. So I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot of meaning to it. I just don't know why the Jazz defensively weren't a little more intense to start the game. Uh, and I, I know that there are – they're humans, you know. It's a, this is tough. But uh, they, they did, were not bringing their, their A game at all early on. And Donovan Mitchell was out of it. And uh, it was it was just we we had gotten used to seeing the Jazz play their A game so frequently now that when they don't, it's kind of you know it's a little bit of a shock to the system. But uh, I, I don't really read too much into it. You? So here's here's my biggest takeaway from the game, Gordon, and um, you know it, it doesn't contradict yours uh, by any means. We found out last night what happens uh, when Rudy Gobert actually has a bad game. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't happen often. It it really doesn't. I mean, it almost, it, it, defensively speaking, it almost happens never. 
And the the hard part, and and this is going to be Rudy's challenge as they face the Nuggets going forward, and if they they face them in the playoffs, certainly is, and uh, see if you can stick with me on this on this comparison here. All right, mm-hmm. the way that Denver plays its offense through Nikola Jokic, I mean, is essentially a point center. There's no other team in the league that plays that way. Meaning, there's no other matchup for Rudy Gobert that is like his matchup with Nikola Jokic. So, in a way, like the old Mountain West football days, Nikola Jokic is Rudy's Air Force. Where (laughs) Rudy has to totally play a different way on defense against Nikola Jokic and no one else. And so, it's it's a challenge. Because Jokic, I mean, Jokic worked Rudy over last night. And how many times in Rudy's whole career can you say that? The dude is is afforded a bad game against one of the best players in the league and probably the best offensive big that he's going to match up with all year long. And Rudy, um, it was interesting in the postgame, Gordon, uh, Quinn Snyder used a little softer language, but he said, you know, Rudy, Rudy could have played better. Uh, Rudy could have played better, and I think that Rudy would tell you that. And then Rudy sat down a few minutes later and said, I could have played better. And I, I thought it was I thought it was a real lesson in accountability. And I yeah. would imagine, you know, that's a that's a strong leader moment right there where you Nikola Jokic had the best game of his career against Rudy Gobert. I mean, arguably, right? Forty seven points, which ties his career high. He did it on twenty six shots. Seventeen of twenty six, four of four from three, twelve rebounds, five assists, even a couple of steals and a block. And he was I mean, he was throwing around Derek Favors. I mean, Jokic was was having a day. Yes, and he, he did was. it, and he did it against Rudy Gobert, and uh, that can't be a pleasant thought for somebody like Rudy, right? And for him to to not only come out during the post game, which he, you know, with his Zoom situation, they're making three or four players available. Sure, would have been real easy for Rudy to go. You know what? I'm going to skip a night, and he didn't. And not only didn't he skip it, but he came out and he said, "I had a bad night. I could have played better." And I thought, I thought, you know what? There you go, Rudy. You can have a bad game once in a while, man. You you are so good on the defensive end, night in and night out. You had a bad night. It happens. And you know what? We've, we were reminded how consequential he is to this basketball team. Well, the thing about it, yeah, the thing about it is that he, he's so consistently good at the defensive end that when he isn't, it's like it, it's the same thing I described about the whole team. It's shocking. You know, I mean, the, the, look, this is easier said than done. I get that. But you got to crowd Jokic, and you can't go for all his ball fakes. You can't go with those fakes because he's going to make you pay for that. And both Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors fell victim to that. And I'm not saying it's easy. Again, I, I get it. He's, he's a terrific player. But they were they were jumping. They were moving. They were going for the fakes. They were... All, all that, all those gyrations that Jokic, you know, between Gobert and Favors, they were, they were jumping all over the place, and you can't do that against that guy. And uh, they paid for uh, forty-seven points for uh, the Joker is uh, really punitive. And when the Jazz's two most important players have off games, it's pretty tough to recover from that. Pretty tough because Donovan, I... Donovan was out of it, man. I don't know whether he was ready. With uh, with the concussion protocol and all that, but he didn't look ready, and that that's not the Donovan Mitchell we know. No, he didn't have a great game, but the Jazz uh, did enough offensively to win. 
I, I, 117 points. I mean, if if you're one of the best defensive teams, one of the better defensive teams in the league, that should be enough to win. They made they made 23s. I mean, when yeah. they make 23s, I mean, it's you can almost mark it down. That's a that's a W uh, for maybe, the Utah Jazz. Maybe. Bogdanovich went nuts. He yeah. had a he had an awesome game. But their, maybe, their maybe. issue was Nikola Jokic. That that's but, why they lost the game. Yeah, and maybe it looks. It, Watching it felt worse than it was because they fell so far behind right. early, and it just seemed like okay, yeah, they made some headway later, and, and that shows some guts. But it, but it was all seemed like it was after the fact, you know. So it's Denver did yeah. to the Jazz what the Jazz did to the Mavericks. Yeah, where yeah. they just uh, just beat their brains in so badly in the first quarter, the game was basically over. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. you trail by 25 at some point in the game, your odds of coming back are, I mean, next to zero. Well, the Jazz are going to have to learn from that game. You know, they always say, that's the cliche, that you learn more from a loss than you do from a win. But And the Jazz have had their fair share of wins of late. But uh, that game, Rudy and Derek, uh, you know, they took Rudy out. They bring Derek in. He was falling victim to the same things that Rudy was. And it was... It, uh, I think those both of those guys could have played much better. And I want to give uh, you know the Joker uh, all the credit in the world for the way he was playing. But the Jazz allowed that early, and he got in a rhythm, and then they they just couldn't they couldn't recover. So, but but again, I don't think it's that big a deal. Um, it, I know that you haven't you aren't a big uh, proponent of the Nuggets. I think they're a dangerous team just because of those two great players they have uh, regardless. But the Jazz, that's what this regular season is all about, is preparing for the, the postseason. And if they run into the Nuggets, they better not play the way they did yesterday or else that'll be a sad thing for them because that, this whole regular season is about getting them ready for doing some damage that they haven't been able to do in past seasons. And uh, they showed some vulnerability, but I think it's correctable. I, I don't think it's typically going to go that way. And that shooting by the Nuggets was indeed fantastic. They took advantage of the loose defense the Jazz were playing. Well, I mean, Will Barton went 5 of 6 for 3. Give me a break. And some of those were just prayers. So, I mean, part of this is on the Nuggets uh, having a great night. And and the Jazz not I kept having thinking their best that. night. But... I kept thinking that, Jake, and then I'm watching the defense – and those guys had open looks, man. Oh, time at and least time again. at least two of Will Barton's makes were just prayers. <laughs> were were just prayers. So I mean, he's a he, let's see, you know, he's a thirty four percent career three point shooter. But I mean, five of six. Come on, come on. I just don't know whether I believe in. Well, in pure it, luck, you know, I I think the Jazz on, got guys. The Jazz got what they deserved. Uh, they did not play well enough with enough intensity defensively, and it cost them. Well, you know, if Nikola Jokic uh, plays like that, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna whoop up on anybody. I mean, he's truly a special player. Um, you know, I don't think Jamal Murray can duplicate what he did in the bubble. I really don't. I don't know how real that was. But then there, you know, there's got there's players like Michael Porter Jr. and Jamichael Green. He looks like he's a find. I mean, uh, are they good enough to to replace what Jeremy Grant was doing for the Nuggets? I mean, I think that remains. Uh, I think that remains to be seen. I I still think the Nuggets are extraordinarily vulnerable defensively. I know Michael Malone's a really good defensive coach, and it's probably the reason they're not awful defensively, but. 
I don't I don't know. If I were following the Nuggets on a daily basis, the question I'd be asking is, could, can this team get enough stops to win a playoff series? And I don't, I don't know about that one. Well, one thing's for sure. They're going to have to contain Enrico Palazzo, that's for sure. What, Campazzo? That with Joe Ingles uh, nearly taking Compazzo's uh, nose right off of his face was absolutely my favorite part. Yeah, I mean, what's the night. deal with the arm going up like that? He didn't have to do that. That, that was. <laughs> oh no, that's that's Joe, the veteran, showing an overzealous Rudy-like young guy. Hey, hey, hey! Now let's let's <laughs> this this ain't the NBA Finals, bruh. I don't know. I was impressed by Enrico. I, oh, I thought, he played you know, well. He, he played. did everything but sing the national anthem. Can uh, so we, we're. Uh, I'm uh, kidding about I, the name. I know. By the it's way, it's another Naked Gun, Naked mm-hmm. Gun reference. Uh, so we have the the kind of feed that Bowler gets um, here in the studio, and I'm not sure on AT and T Sportsnet because I know they went to commercial for part of it. How many times they showed the replay? But during the whole review of it all, they must have showed the replay on the feed from three different angles and must have shown it <laughs> 25 times. And yeah. it's you can <laughs> you can see the moment when the thought crosses Compazzo's mind, wow, my nose just went th- straight th- <laughs> straight through my brain. I mean, you can see yeah, the I look mean, on his face like, wow, that hurt an extreme amount. I mean, it looked like it looked like his nose was gonna, like you said, go through and blow out the back of his head like a parachute on a dragster. I mean, but I, I just don't understand exactly what Joe was doing. Well, I mean, that- well, Compasso made a move, tried to, to pressure the ball. And Joe, you know, remember uh, John Stockton used to teach this, right, where you have the arm up to protect the ball. You know what I'm talking about when you're dribbling? Yeah. Uh, Joe was just bringing that arm up, but mm, with, a, with a little force. He looked like he was pointing at a dirigible. I mean, he looked like the, the Goodyear blimp was flying overhead, and he was pointing at it. He went way up there. Uh-huh. I know. It's because he did it intentionally. <laughs> and then well, I love it that they called the foul on Compasso for his trouble. Now, I know they reversed it, but uh, that was pretty funny. It's like you just nearly got your nose taken right off your face and got a foul. Hey, well, he fouled, you know, he fouled Joe with his nose. I mean, you know, <laughs> do that. That's what you get coming in nose first right there. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't. I, 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 I think of it in these terms. The Jazz had been playing so well that you knew that they were going to have a, a dud somewhere along the way. But the way that happened, it just it, it was a little bit less than. Um, ideal. Uh, you go ahead and lose, but don't lose like that. I mean, they they made the Nuggets look like they were all world. Well, Nikola Jokic helped, uh, but Brad tweeted in, and I'm glad he did. He said the Jazz did beat the Nuggets as well. Hashtag Don't Panic. Yeah, let's not ignore the fact that it's not like they haven't beat this Nuggets team before. They had them no, on the no, ropes three one last that. year. I know. Yeah, we're just talking about what happened yesterday. Really, Jokic had one of the best games of his career. He was obviously motivated to go out there and make a make a statement. Maybe Rudy said something to him in the first matchup or something. But, you know, he went out there to, to dominate, and that's exactly Won't what he, he did. Won't he be motivated in the playoffs if they Yeah, need? yeah, 100%. But Rudy's not going to do the same exact thing. You know, I don't yeah. know. Maybe maybe Rudy had uh, some bad tofu for breakfast or something. He just didn't yeah, have his. Be. He just didn't have his best night. It was it was interesting that that he Rudy plays with such pride 
that I, I wondered what he was thinking as he was getting absolutely schooled. I mean, that's not the kind of thing that Rudy, that goes down easy with Rudy. He hates that stuff. Yeah. Next time and they so, play, it'll be really fascinating to see what happens because I bet you Rudy yeah. comes out with a with an extra chip on his shoulder. Well, I'm not going to hold anything against Donovan coming off of the concussion, but they, they needed they need their stars. They need their stars. When they go up against the, the more talented teams, and I know the Nuggets haven't had a great year, although they've been winning of late. Uh, when you go up against those teams, that's where the Jazz really got to prove to everybody what they've got, and they let that opportunity slip by yesterday. By you know, It's one thing to get beat, but not like that. Not like that. Like that? Yeah. Did they get beat like that? They get run like that? Like that. <laughs> But it's still a big deal. I mean, I, you hashtag know, long, don't panic, Gordon. It's all right. Yeah, it's, it's a right. long season, and uh, I, I think this next game that the Jazz have, they need to, you know, get that thing back on the rails again, and uh, you know, move move in a more positive direction now. But it's, uh, yeah, they 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 uh, laid an egg. Uh, all right, uh, Gordon. Uh, I need you to quickly. This is my tease for next segment. I need you to to answer a couple questions for me. One. Why do they call it the Hot Stove League? And two, what would you call the same thing but for the NFL? I don't know the answer to the first question. Because that's I, baseball's offseason, right? The right. wheeling and dealing, the Hot Stove uh-huh. League, whatever. Uh-huh. And what's, what's the NFL equivalent? Uh, well, I don't know. Would it be the microwave? Like the Hot Crock-Pot <laughs> League? <laughs> maybe, we just got maybe. an air fryer, the, air, the Hot Air Fryer League. What's the thing when you when you uh, cook stuff in a ditch in a in aluminum foil? Is that what's that? The Dutch oven. The Dutch oven. The tin foil dinner. <laughs> Those are yeah. good, by the way. The tin foil, the, yep. the Boy Scout dinners or whatever. Oh, I have them all the time. Yeah, they're delicious. Um, Speaking of which, how painful was it yesterday not to have any NFL football to watch? Well, I was watching NBA basketball, so. Well, I know that. I mean, that helped, but. Hell? I wasn't. I was watching uh, this channel is having technical difficulties. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was an issue with uh, with a certain provider uh, last night. Uh, not. Uh, let me put it this way: If you did have those difficulties, eight zero one four two four dish is the number for you. Is that clear enough? Yep. <laughs> so wait. So why? Just technical difficulties? Not. It's all it ever says when no it happens. rhyme or reason. Like, so so so. Uh... Did you? What did you just listen on the radio? Yeah, for a big chunk of the game. Yeah, listened on the radio. Okay, so I'll be honest. Listened to the first quarter on the radio and went, "That's enough of that. This game's over." Oh, and so it you was. Just walked away. It was over. They were seven of seven from three in the first half when they were left wide open. It wasn't going to happen. They were eight of eight in the first quarter, I think, weren't they? But not wide open. Uh, yeah. Oh, there was one contested three. So no, in the first a, half, they were 7-of-7 seven seven oh, when see. they were left wide open. It sounds to me like Austin's siding with me on our little discussion here. That he was, what, uh, what is siding with you? Well, I mean, you were you were giving the Jazz all kinds of uh, room for excuses, you know, having an off game and all this stuff. But uh, Austin saw what I saw, and that was really lackadaisical defense. Yeah, the first half defense was uh, not great. Second half was better. I, I do believe there was Denver was having one of those nights too. Yeah, but 
Yeah, but if someone's having a night like that, what do you do? You pop them good, right? You do the Joe Ingles point. No, I'm telling you, Rudy had a bad night. The defense really suffered because Rudy is that important. And last night was about Nikola Jokic. He was special. I don't think Rudy. I don't think Rudy was the only one having a bad night as far as the defense went at that uh, in that first half for sure. I mean, I, I saw open players all over the floor. Jake, did they take advantage of it? Yeah. Did they make their shots? Yes, they did. But those, if you watch an NBA team, the players warm up before a game. Uh, sometimes guys go into the gym, you know, you and I, we go into the gym, we shoot around a little bit, and we think, man, I got it. I could play this game. I could shoot, man. Yeah, you watch NBA players when they're just warming up and how many shots in a row they make. That Those were like warm-ups. The Nuggets were wide open. It was like practice. Jamal Murray went 7 for 16 at 16 points. He was all right. You know what I'm talking about. You saw that first. Time. I did. I did. I'm telling you. But I, it was way more about Jokic. Jokic dominated that game. Well, he did, but he had some help, too. And and uh, there's not... Kind of. Jake, I know a team gets hot sometimes. I, I know that can happen. But sometimes, uh, many times, there's a reason. There's an opening there, and the team senses it and takes advantage of it. And and the the Jazz, you said they played well uh, defense offensively, but and they did. But so much of their great offense has been triggered by great defense, and that was just not available early on. And by that time, the game was lost, like Austin said. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, you take any team's one, and they have the best game of their career. That team's going to win. Nikola Jokic had had arguably the best game of his career. Denver's going to win that game. Was it the best game of his year? I, I, was that a career high for him? He tied his career high, yeah. He tied it, okay. And did it well, on 26 shots. Yeah. He was 17 of 26 and perfect from three, four of four. He twisted Derek Favors and Rudy yeah, Gobert yeah. into he pretzels, was, man. He was they, incredible, they were, and they had they a bad were, night. So, I mean, well, that, well, maybe, I'm oversimplifying, maybe I'm oversimplifying <laughs> it, but Rudy – Rudy had a bad night, and he's that important to what the Jazz do defensively. And we've talked uh, about all the reasons why, because the Jazz don't really have a, a lockdown perimeter defender. So Rudy's responsibilities aren't just his own. You know, he's that important to the team. And he had an off night against one of the league's very best players. And that one of the league's very best players had one of his very best games. And that's that spells a W for the Nuggets. Well, it spells an L for the Jazz. And that, you know, I mean, come on. Don't, don't allow that to happen. And like I, I said, just to put a point on this, because uh, I know we've got to go, I, I did. A, I thought it was great that he took responsibility for it in the postgame. I, yeah. I thought it was right on the money. All right, uh, Gordon, the NFL offseason uh, is off to a, uh, a pretty exciting start, I'd say, as far as trades go, which we just don't see that many trades in the NFL, uh, certainly of this magnitude. Matthew Stafford is on the move. Mm. He's being traded yeah. Um, to the Los Angeles Rams, your Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Detroit uh, <laughs> is getting Jared Goff and a package of picks. Detroit will get, uh, let's see here, a 2021 third-round pick and first-round picks in 2022 and 2023. That will be interesting to see how it turns out. How much better is Matthew Stafford than Jared Goff? See, I've been asking my, myself that question. I, I'm not convinced all that much better. Are you? Are you... Where are you at on Matthew Stafford? I I think he's good. I mean, I think he's good, but I I you know whether he's worth giving up all that all those assets for. I 
I I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make. Well, now I hold mean, on, the, because the, Ram, the Rams the Rams have that great defense, and so they want a quarterback that won't screw that up. But uh, no, yeah. no, make no mistake that a lot of that the picks and stuff, uh, a lot of that is moving off Jared Goff's contract. Yeah, uh, I mean they're not giving up they're not giving up that kind of capital just for Matthew Stafford. Uh-huh. It's you have to take our huge mistake in return. <laughs> That's <laughs> still going to cost them $22.2 million. Uh, well, he was, good enough, he was good enough to take his team to the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, and, and I thought his performance this year in the playoffs was gritty. I mean, broken thumb and going out there and still picking up a win. But, you know, he, Sean McVay, the, the boy wonder, uh, decided that he's not good enough. I, I don't know if Stafford's going to be good enough. I, I look. I, I've talked to some of my media friends in Los Angeles, and oh. uh, there was a there was a lot of heat on. I love uh, LA. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, you take the four hundred five right there. What did Bill Plaschke tell you? Uh, I, I well, I. I, that's interesting that you bring that up because I texted with Bill the other day, but not about Jared Goff. But I, I know that there has been a lot of heat uh, down there. A lot of people displeased with Jared Goff. And uh, yeah, I guess the Rams said, yep, we are too. So this is what we're going to do. I, if, But, I mean, I'm not sure that that's the quarterback I would have picked if I were if I were the Rams. Not if I could have Deshaun Watson. Yeah, Exactly. But who knows? And that's a that's a different story, Gordon, because uh, over the weekend, um, the new general manager there, the new coach, I mean, they're talking like he's going to be on the team next year. I mean, they're basically saying, I don't care what the reports are saying, he's he's playing for us. And so this this is this is really going to be interesting, Gordon, because the NFL really prides itself on not being the NBA. <laughs> and uh, and having more control, right? The evil empire, yeah. the NFL. I mean, even their former uh, their former owner, the Texans' former owner, uh, God, what was his first name? Last name was McNair, and he's passed. Bob McNair. Remember when he made that controversial inmates running the asylum comment? You know mm-hmm. that yep. that that is very much a thing in the NFL. So it would not surprise me if the Texans. Get word from the you know the rest of the league, not colluding, not colluding, of course. But uh, the other owners are going, hey, Houston, it's time for you to step up and bite the bullet, because we don't want this happening to us. And so now you're seeing the Texans dig in their heels, and I bet you this gets ugly. Oh boy! Because if if Deshaun Watson really means it, and he doesn't want to be there anymore, and he's willing to to you know go to battle. Well, well, let's see what happens because I don't, I don't think the, I don't think the Texans are going to move him. He just signed last yeah. year. He just signed. Well, if I were the Texans, I would find out the specifics. I mean, the real reasons that he wants out, and I would remedy those. I mean, as best I could. And I, I don't know what the absolute truth is, but uh, I would try to solve the problem. Problem solving is valuable. And if you can get somebody who can do that, then maybe you can turn that franchise in the right direction. But uh, that's that's what I would attempt to do. But in, in the, with the comparison of the NBA with the NFL, I agree with everything you said except for quarterbacks. Quarterbacks are the most like an NBA player. But I'm not so so. Get me. I I get it that the player, the value, of the quarterbacks. The reason that the 
the NFL doesn't want to be the NBA. They don't want to give that power. It's not whether they should or the players have it. Mm-hmm. The, the NFL right. doesn't want to give it to them. I mean, you're right. Uh, their value to a franchise, certainly, they, that carries a lot of leverage. But if if the franchise says no, you're under contract, and we're you know we're really serious about this, and you're playing for this team come hell or high water, you know, like let me just say this: the Houston Texans could name their price for Deshaun Watson. They could have whatever they want from us, and teams, if it were strictly about football, would line up to give it to him. He's the second best quarterback in the league right now. He's an amazing player, and and you do you really rank him that high? Go look at it statistically. I mean, yeah, he I'm, had, I'm, he not had a, about, I'm not talking about statistics. He had I'm a monster year. He's been in the league four years. He's already won a, a playoff game. He's one on one in the playoffs, um, with a dreadful head coach, who yeah. was an even worse general manager. I think I think Deshaun Watson is really good. I mean, I heard Austin talking about this with with Hanson Scotty. He makes the Titans. A Super Bowl contender overnight. Take all of the draft picks. Yeah, take them all. He Everything. Can have all seven rounds of our draft picks. Right. He got the best running back in the league. A, 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 a absolute stone cold defense. How often do MVP candidate quarterbacks become tradable? Right. Instant really, you would, Super you, you, Bowl you'd give, up, you'd give up the entire draft. Who did that? Didn't uh, Barry Switzer do that when he was with the Cowboys one year? Then they make know. one pick and they gave away every other pick or something. Well, uh, what's his yeah. name? Um, oh, why am I going? Why am I going blank? Uh, legendary Bears coach, Dicka, Mike Dicka. Remember when he gave up uh, every draft pick to get uh, Ricky Williams? Yeah, maybe that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> Take them yeah. all. Here you go. Except well, for instead of an unproven rookie running back, we're talking about a bona fide NFL All Pro quarterback. They, they, we talked about it last week. They don't come on the market. It doesn't happen. No. I mean, teams throw away endless resources trying to draft that, and their success rate usually is is like twenty five percent. You know what I mean? I mean, how many Jake Lockers and uh, and uh, another Titans draft pick, Josh Rosens? You know how many <laughs> how many of those have there been over the years? There's been very that few. Vince Deshaun, Young, Matt, Vince Young, Matt Liner, another Titans draft pick. So if you're okay, so if you're the Texans and Deshaun Watson does not want to play for you, really, is that going to be an in an in plus for your franchise? Yeah, but did Jerry Jones call him? me and say, "Hey, how do you like being an NFL owner? You enjoying it? Well, <laughs> then you take your medicine for the rest of us." That could get very uncomfortable. Well. I, I'm fascinated to see how it plays out. I yeah. really am. Because, I mean, if you listen to those press conferences over the weekend, and sorry, Austin, I know we're way over, but these co- the, the general manager and the coach are like, I, that's fake news that he wants out. He's on this team. He's going to be on this team. <laughs> the coach even said, he said, I didn't. I would never have taken this job if I wasn't assured that my quarterback was going to be Deshaun Watson. He said that. The problem is that a lot of times fake news is the truth. But they don't care, and they think they have all the power in this because he just signed a, core, a contract, and they kind of do. But Well, they can't control his attitude. Well, I think they just settle for him on the team, I guess. Well, oh, yeah, I mean, I, I hear it. I see both sides of the argument. I mean, they, he did sign a contract. Uh, 
that's got to mean something, doesn't it? But if he's really unhappy, I don't know whether you're going to get his best. All right, stay tuned. We've got more Big Show coming up, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.